Yo, it's Batman Live 2002. I'm back with another anime review. And today I will be reviewing Jamungan Gangster Anime all day. So thug, so tight, so full of action. Woo, man, I can't wait to get to the review. Let me do the synopsis real quick. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then we'll get into the uh, review. Oh, but let me tell you. Um, so it aired in from April 11, 2012, to June 27, 2012, and it, it premiered in the spring of 2012. Obviously. So let's do this synopsis, and then we'll jump into the review. Brought up in a conflict-ridden environment, child soldier Jonathan Marr, aka Jonah, hates weapons as those who deal with them. But when Coco, an international arms dealer, takes on Jonah as one of her bodyguards, he has little choice but to take up arms. Along with Coco's other bodyguards, composed mostly of former special ops soldiers, Jonah is now exposed, or I should say Jonah is now tasked with protecting Coco and her overly idealistic goal of world peace from the countless dangers that come from her line of work. One thing I didn't mention was that the uh, the series of 12 episodes. So anyway, this mess is dope. If you like action-packed anime, like if you like shootouts and friggin' uh, explosions, and I mean, it's just non-stop action. I'm like, all right, stop it, all right? It's too much. It wasn't too much. But I'm like, stop it. You're about to give me a heart attack with all this shooting and stuff. Explosions and people getting stabbed in the face and all that. And all the... Oh, man. I'm sorry. Let, let me... Let me cool. Let me... Let me bring it back. Just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. Let me jump into this. So basically, Jamoon Gun revolved around this chick named Coco. I'm not even trying to say her last name because I'm just going to destroy it. Heck, a mafia or something like that. Anyway, Coco, she's an arms dealer. Her twin brother uh, is also an arms dealer. And they have to surround themselves with these special forces dudes. Because their line of work is so dangerous. They got to deal with warlord, warlords. They got to deal with generals from various armies. They're dealing with rebels and stuff. So they're dealing with gangsters like the mafia and stuff. And, you know, they're the guys that, like, hey, hey, you know what? Like, you give us $2 million, we got you a case of AKs. Or, you know, we got $10 million, we got you this RPG. We got you, like, 50 RPGs and all the rockets. So, basically, as you can imagine, it's a very dangerous line of work. They have competitors that try to bump them off if a deal goes bad. You know, like, people trying to bump them off all the time. So, Coco has to surround herself with people who are the best at killing other people. And that mess is just so freaking dope. She's like, someone's after her head every episode. And these guys, her bodyguards, are like, she gets only the best of the best. Like, the top sniper, you know, the top, like, the the top demolition dude in the world, the top, you know, ex-Navy SEALs and stuff. And then... Uh, the protagonist is um, uh, Jonah. You know, is this this child soldier, but he's like really good at what he does. 
So she's like the newest addition. And basically we're seeing the world through his eyes. At least we're viewing Coco's world through his eyes. And you know, and he, he's he's pretty heartless. He, he's been raised up in this war-torn environment. And like he's come to hate these people. He hates arms dealers. But somehow he comes into the service of an arms dealer. Just watch the anime to find out how that happens. So he's like always walking this fine line between love and hate for his employer. Because, you know, she's taking care of him. You know, he's being fed. He, he's making new friends with other bodyguards and stuff. But at the same time, he finds what they're doing to be absolutely despicable. He hates it. But, so it, it leads to a very interesting ending. But, yeah. Uh, it, it creates an interesting dynamic between his character and the rest uh, of the arms dealers. And you know, like, besides the action, it. Jermungan had this way of turning death into this comedic spectacle, right? It's like, as her bodyguards, or as Coco, I think she killed a couple people herself, but <clears throat> as the killing takes place, they just. they're cracking jokes, or. They're showing no emotion. Like, they pop a guy and like, oh, right, looks like we got to get out of here. This keeps happening. Oh, yeah, there's like the one time in Afghanistan. You know, like, it's like it doesn't phase them whatsoever. And they have these really crazy, evil-looking grins on their faces as they're in battle. And even when they're, like, outmatched. No, okay, let me rephrase. They're never, there's only one scene where they're outmatched. And they got away because they got lucky. But they're never outmatched. They're always outgunned. You know, like, it's like 10 of them versus, I, I think it was 10, but it was like 5 to 10 of them versus, like, you know, 50 bad guys. So they're always outgunned, never outmatched in terms of training and expertise and all that, you know. But anyway, as they're killing people, they have these crazy smiles, like these maniacal these these crazy looking faces like they're enjoying what they're doing they're like mass murderers they don't care and they're the type of people that coco needs as bodyguards you know if, if you want to be protected against other crazy fools you're gonna need crazy fools to protect you so yeah that's how that works but yeah man the character the, the uh, development was pretty dope you know like jonah he just starts as this green raw kid kind of raw you know he, he still has skills or he wouldn't be on the team in the first place but his worldview kind of changes and you the person he was at the beginning of the series is not the person he is at the end so there was a great character story and, and, and development along the course of the series and each of the bodyguards you know like there, there are quite a few of them and they all get their own little individual uh, backstories at a certain point in the series and you got to really get to know them you know the, this guy isn't just the sniper on the team. Now he's um, R. No, was it R? Okay, well, whatever. This guy named R. I forgot what he did. But there's a sniper on the team. There's an explosive expert on the team. There's an ex-Navy still on the team. And they all... And there's this female assassin chick. And you you like them up to that point. You, get, you like them because they're cool. They all have their own specialties. Uh, expertise. In terms of like 
the chick fights with knives. She's really good with knives. And one dude's good with a sniper. One guy, guy's really good with explosive. Another guy, he's just all around just a freaking, you know, Navy SEAL. He can do anything and everything. And um, he's like the old man on the team. And you're like, oh, man, these guys are cool. But then when you finally get their backstory, now you can really put a... You, when they're out on the battlefield, you'd be like, oh, she knows this because she went through this back in the day. Or he got his sniping skills because he went through Afghanistan. And it was pretty cool. It made all the characters it just... It made you want to love them or hate them depending on how you view it. I personally loved it. I don't care if I like the backstory or not. It's just knowing their history and then being able to take that history and put it in the present day tense when they're out there fighting with uh, Coco or protecting her and stuff. It, it just it just made it cool. It, I, I, I really liked it and it made the series that much better. And man... That music, let me, uh, that music was freaking dope, man. I mean, it was just off the chain, freaking high energy, you know, like during the action scenes, you're like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, like you feel like you're, you're out there like gunning, running and gunning with it. Because the music, it, it was like super high energy. It made you want to, want to get up and... It didn't make you want to get up and dance. I was going to say it was going to make you want to get up and dance. It doesn't want to make you get up and get, dance, but... Just think of a, a, a Rambo scene, right? Like, in the movie Rambo. And, like, he's walking through the woods. It's okay. The music's kind of mellow and stuff. Then, dun, dun, dun. You know, you turn around, and then all of a sudden he's ambushed by, like, 50, 50 mercenaries. And all of a sudden it's just heavy, heavy freaking metal and stuff. And there was no heavy metal here. But the music was high energy. Every single action scene was so much better because of that aspect so that was cool another aspect of the the music that i really liked was uh it had a certain seductive sexiness to it you know like there were certain scenes that would just add some jazz flute in there like oh yeah and fyi i'm a flute player and i actually play a lot of jazz myself and, and so i'm always biased i will tell you all day that if there's a, a flute and it specifically is a jazz flute. Like any flute uh, uh, theme will get me. But if it's a jazz flute, the music is always going to be good to me. I don't care if all the rest of it is crap. If you have a good jazz flute theme up in there, I am all over that mug. But anyway, yeah, there was a certain seductive sexiness to certain scenes because of that jazz flute. So like, I have to mention that. I have to mention the jazz flute. So I did. Uh, when it comes to the plot, it was it was all right. You know, it wasn't. I've seen better, but certain animes are driven by plot. Other anime are driven by character development. So let's say Code Geass, driven by plot all day. Um, Naruto, driven by character development all day. You know, so it's like different types of anime have their strengths and weaknesses. This anime was driven by its action, not so much by its plot. Um, like I said, it, it wasn't terrible, but I've seen better, but the action scenes was more than enough to make up for any elements that the plot was lacking. And, you know, just go and watch it and you'll, you'll see what I mean. But, and, so yeah, it, it wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't the best either. But, man, 
Who cares if there's a weak plot? Not weak, but who cares if the plot's not as good as others when, you know, you get a shootout every other scene? You know, I'm not some action junkie. I don't have to just see scenes every... I mean, action or shooting or whatever. But, but when you see it, it's dope. Like, I watch almost everything in the Gundam series. I watch nearly every Gundam known to man. And I love... The, the, the character development and the plot and stuff and the story that flows together but there's nothing better than seeing a mobile suit battle so <laughs> you know it's uh I, I don't I don't mind the, the other elements of the story but there's nothing better than a, a well choreographed well just just when the action scenes are good they're good that's what I'm trying to say here and the action scenes are dope but one part of the, the plot I really did like was how the villain is Coco. I, if this is my personal villain, uh, opinion, and I feel like this is the case. Uh, Coco and the twin brother, um, who is also an arms dealer, you know, they're basically the villains, if you think about it. And you view the, the story through the eyes of the villains because they're they're the ones providing these weapons that are killing people. You know, they're bringing missiles and machine guns and stuff. And when you think about it, these two people are responsible for millions of deaths. Like, they're not pulling the trigger per se on all these different various people, but they're the ones providing rebels with guns. They're the ones providing gangsters with guns and stuff. And they're, you know, they're, when, they're, when they kill people, um, it's usually in self-defense, but really, it, they're just a bunch of murderers when, when you think about it. And in my opinion, reviewing the story, through the eyes of the bad guys but we sympathize with them because we're following them so it's, it's very interesting it's a, it creates a kind of paradox in my mind I'm like should I be rooting for these guys and then the shooting scene comes along it's like yeah I'll root for them because it's pretty cool but yeah that is it for the review in the end Jeroen Gun was a pretty cool anime there was a there was a fusion of action and comedy, and I was thoroughly entertained, especially with that sexy jazz flute. But anyway, um, man, if you were to subtract certain elements, if you were to subtract the action and the, the comedy, it would be a pretty dull anime, honestly, because the story didn't make up for, for those aspects. But so if you were to take that away, it just would be a shell of its former self. But yeah, anyway, it's pretty dope. I give Jamugan um, 7 out of 10. It doesn't get higher because of the plot. But yeah, uh, that's what I give it. This is Batman Live 2002. Uh, until next time, peace.